You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's Behave with Arden Moore, the show that teaches you how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Join Arden as she travels coast to coast to help millions better understand why cats and dogs do what they do. Get the latest scoop on famous faces. They're perfectly pampered pets in Who's Walking Who in Renton, Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails. Garner great pet tips and have a doggone fur-flying fun time. So get ready for the pause and applause as we unleash your all-behave host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome to the Old Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Now let's just face it. I'm betting that if you take a look at the photos you have on your camera or your smartphone, the majority are of your pets, not your kids, not your grandkids or your BFFs. That's because our dogs are camera hounds. And and you know what? So are our cats and other pets. They strike memory-making poses while capturing our hearts. Now, we're very doggone lucky today because our special guest is arguably the planet's top dog in pet photography. He earns this title for two reasons, his creativity and his dedication to aid shelter pets all over the globe. And his latest book is making a big splash, literally. It's called Underwater Dogs, and it has risen up the ranks to become a New York Times bestseller. I want all of you to please give pause and applause to award-winning pet photographer and animal rights activist, Seth Castile. Hey, welcome to the show, Seth. Hey, um, thank you for having me. Wow, what an introduction. <laughs> I want to thank the Academy. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's because you deserve it, man. You're good. You're good. You know, I keep looking through your book and I keep seeing new things. And, and folks, we're going to talk about that. Seth's book, Underwater Dogs, features 80 dogs. And it ranges from diving dachshunds to leaping Labradors. And they're all enjoying pool play. And I guarantee that these photos are quite captivating and revealing. For example, you know, what does a chihuahua look like underwater pursuing a tennis ball? And do dogs keep their eyes open or closed underwater? Well, Seth will unleash answers to these questions and more after we take this commercial break. So, you know the drill. Sit and stay We'll be right back. Time for a pause. Four furry ones actually sit and stay. All Behave will be right back. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com All Behave is back with more tail-wagging ways to achieve harmony in the household with your pets. Now back to your fetching host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. 
Welcome back to the Old Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. I'm delighted that we have the very talented pet photographer, Seth Castile, on our show. You know, Seth, we met a few years ago. You were snapping some photos of some shelter animals in Southern California, and I watched you, and I knew then you were no ordinary photographer. You weren't just lining up the shots in the cages, in the kennels. You did some magic makeovers with these dogs and cats and i think your photography helps raise their chances of winning adoption so thank you for what you're doing i know we we have a lot to discuss on the show but let's start from the basics i mean when you were born did you have a dog on one side of you of the crib and a camera on the other i mean how did you get this marriage between photography and pets well it's kind of a long story but to make it short uh i grew up in decatur illinois with a little dachshund called duchess a miniature mm-hmm. dachshund, black and tan, and uh, she came into my life when I was about five. So certainly I have her thank for inspiring my love for dogs. So she was my best pal. We ran around all over the place and just had a great time. And I think had I never met Duchess, I don't think I'd be where I'm at right now. But in terms of you know my career, the whole the whole deal with photographing dogs and cats really came as a volunteer gig. You know, I used to work in advertising at Sony Pictures Entertainment, and I started getting into photography a little bit when I was in Australia. I used to live in Australia, you know, photographing other animals and critters there. And anyway, I was back here in Los Angeles, and we found some stray kittens on the Sony Pictures studio lot, and we needed to find these kittens some forever homes. And I volunteered to take some pictures of these kittens to help with their chances of getting adopted. So we snuck the little kittens into an executive's office at Sony, we <laughs> them in here. They were out for lunch. They said no problem. So the kittens clawed around on the furniture, and I snapped some photos along the way. All the kittens got adopted through the pictures, which was awesome. And mm-hmm. then a couple weeks later, there's some more baby cats. There they are. Huh? So we took some more pictures, and those kittens all were adopted. And I thought, hey, this is kind of cool. You know, the marketing element of this is really working out. So I started volunteering at uh, the local Los Angeles Animal Shelters, specifically West L.A. and South L.A., uh, photographing dogs and cats to increase uh, their chances of being adopted. And it was working very well. So I got into this just through volunteer work, you know, thought I could uh, help out, you know, on the weekends and, and help save some lives. And it really was making a difference. One day somebody said, hey, can I hire you to photograph my dog? And, and that was the beginning of really my career as a pet photographer. I want people to, after the show to dash over to a couple of sites that uh, Seth has. One is called Second Chance photos.org and the other one is littlefriendsphoto.com and I want to talk a little bit about the shelter stuff and and then get into uh, the underwater dog book because that's just a global phenomenon as <laughs> Wire says. I'm going to get that right. Get that accolade. A global phenomenon by Wired. I give it pause up. I think it's, it's amazing. But all right, you know the drill. We have shelters all across America And there are a lot of people who are volunteers or people who really don't know a lot about photography. But on each site, we're trying to do what we can to get the dog or the cat adopted that's in a shelter. And don't you think, pardon the cliche, but a photo's worth a thousand words? A photo might be worth a thousand dog adoptions, right? So why is it so important on how you present that shelter animal? Well, the marketing and the photography of increasing adoption rates is absolutely critical. You know, a lot of people, I think, are intimidated by coming into an animal shelter. They're not sure what the experience will be like. They're not sure if they'll find the, the kind of dog or cat or pet that they're looking for. 
And in fact, you know, it will be a positive experience. They're going to save a life. They're going to find a new friend. It's a wonderful experience to adopt. And, you know, when you see really negative pictures on the computer, on these websites, you know, dogs and cats that maybe they look a little bit intimidated. Maybe they've just been brought in, you know, and bad lighting and concrete in cages and all these things. It certainly doesn't really inspire a lot of people to come in and have a positive experience. It it seems a little overwhelming and, and overall kind of negative, and that's just not the way it really is. So mm-hmm. I think what we try to do is, is take pictures of the pets, the dogs, the cats, etc., to show that they are loving pets and they're ready to come home and be your best friend. And I think by doing that, we're just showing them it's, it's a positive experience and it helps drive traffic to the animal shelters and overall improve the message of rescue and adoption. And you do it in a different way. They're not sitting in the cages, are they? They're not sitting in the cages. You know, some people would argue, oh, you know, you should show a dog or cat at their worst. It shows a sense of urgency, you know, it gets people mm-hmm. in here. And, and I disagree completely. I think people want to see a dog and a cat they can connect with and they can identify with and that they want to meet and they feel like they're going to have a positive experience. So when I go in there, we go outside with the dogs. You know, we spend time uh, out in natural light. We try to find elements of nature and greenery and bushes and trees and flowers and anything that we can. And we try to focus on, you know, the positive elements of that dog's personality. Because, you know, when a dog first comes in, if we're talking about dogs specifically, you know, oftentimes their situation is very, um, it's very tough. You know, they're coming from tough circumstances. Who knows what they've just gone through. And so when they first come into an animal shelter, it's not a perfect time to take a picture. It really isn't. And usually the photo that's done, you know, it's with a lousy camera. Again, it's inside of a kennel. You have the concrete and the bars. You know, when you have a chance for the dog to get a little bit settled, and then I can come in, spend some time, be patient, go outside, you're just going to see that personality come through again. And that's where we start to take really nice photos. Well, I'm looking at your website now, secondchancephotos.org, and, you know, your your message is that a picture that can save a life. And there's this beautiful brown and white pit bull, looks like, with a ball. And you must have told that dog a joke because that dog has a meaty cheek grin. What are you doing with these pets to get them to smile? <laughs> I'm telling me to cheat grin. I'm like looking back at Seth going, yeah, I want to play ball. Huh? Huh? Come on. Let's go play ball. You know, it's all about just being positive. I mean, it's kind of a win-win doing these photo shoots because you get to go in, you get to spend some time, you got to let them be themselves, you get to get outside, you got to run around. You know, and these, the reason I really do this is these dogs and these cats inspire me. You know, they've come from some tough situations and even so, they're willing to forgive all of that and move forward. And they, you know, when you go in and you meet these, these pets that come from these tough circumstances, you think that they would be, you know, really just given up, and they don't. They said, you know what? Hey, I, yesterday wasn't so good, but you know what? Tomorrow might be better, and yeah. we're willing to, to move forward, and I love that. I love the attitude. So when I go in there, it's just, it's real positive. It's fun. I'm extremely patient with these dogs and these cats, and we just snap some pictures along the way, keep it very positive, and ultimately, you know, the goal is to create some pictures that save lives. Now, where are some of the shelters that you've been that you've done your master work on this, your masterpieces? I know you a lot in the Southern California area, but don't you go elsewhere? Yeah, yeah. So I've been all over the United States. I mean, I got started with my volunteer work in Los Angeles, at West L.A. and South L.A. I've been to other shelters in Southern California. I've been up north, the Pacific Northwest. I've done some work in Texas, Arizona, Las Vegas, all over Florida, New York, D.C., Chicago. Most major animal shelters in the United States I've visited to. I mean, there's so many that I have yet to go to. 
but I've really seen I've seen many of the shelters around the country, you know, and I'm I'm happy to help out wherever I can. And then abroad, I've actually done workshops in Australia, all over Australia, nice. and then also in Austria and the UK and London. And I'm really excited. I'm, I've been teaching these workshops to animal shelters, you know, how to take better pictures to increase adoption rates. So not only just volunteering, but teaching others, you know, how they can be involved, how they can take better pictures, because we need a whole team of people around the country, around the world, to make this difference, to improve the message of rescue and adoption through better pictures. And we're getting ready to do another huge workshop tour starting this spring all over the United States and beyond. So really excited about that. That's going to start in April. Oh, nice. And we can keep tabs on that on secondchancephotos.org? Absolutely. We're getting ready. I'm teaming up with some other wonderful nonprofit organizations, and we're going to announce all the dates and the locations here in the next couple of weeks. So really excited to get back into that, and um, it should be fantastic. You know, people are wondering, give me like three good photo tips for people that want to take photos of their pets because unfortunately they usually don't have their camera set right and they get a blur or they get those wonderful glowy eyes. Can you share a few tips for our folks? Yeah, totally. I mean, I see a lot of these pet photography tips these days, you know, the top 10 tips and, and they're all pretty much on point, you know. Um, I think the number one thing is take a lot of pictures, one of them will turn out. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of common sense, you know, and some people like to take, you know, they don't like to take a million pictures, but the way that I work, I usually try to do take a lot of pictures. You can never really predict what's going to happen with a dog or a cat or or, or other pets, you know. I mean, you just have no idea. They're completely unpredictable, and there might be a special moment that happens just in the blink of an eye, and then it's gone. So I always suggest taking a lot of pictures. Having your camera handy, I mean, even I forget to do this sometimes, and then I think, oh gosh, I wish I had my camera right now, but... You know, sometimes all of a sudden you find yourself in a situation with your dog or your cat or your other pets and you don't have your camera. Oh, I wish you did. So bring it with you, you know, bring it with you, have it around, take a lot of pictures. And I always say, too, with dogs, dogs are so genuine. They react to everything. So if you can present to them some unpredictable situation, you're going to have some unpredictable results. So, for example, you know, I always tell people this is sort of a fun thing to try. Hide and seek. If you want to play hide and seek with your dog, maybe you can play hide and seek with your cat too. But if you want to play hide and seek with your dog, have your dog sit somewhere in a room. Say you're inside and then tell your dog to sit and stay. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. I don't know. And then you go in the other room, have your camera handy, go hide behind the couch or somewhere, and then then call out for your dog and see if they'll come find you. When they come find you, they're going to be very excited. (laughs) Oh, that's right. They're going to come around that corner. They're going to find you. They're going to be very excited to see you. And have your camera ready and take that picture. And that's a moment of surprise for them. You know, they want to find you, but they're not expecting to see you behind the couch. And when they do, you take the picture. And that's just that's one example. Expression. But kind of use yeah. that as a foundation. Now, what about the darn glow-in-the-dark eyes? What do you do for that? The glow-in-the-dark eyes thing. You know, that's the whole retina deal with dogs. Of course, people's eyes react the same way. You know, only we can see different colors. You see a lot of red eye with people. With dogs, oftentimes you see green and blue and yellow. Occasionally you see red also. And that's just a, a low-light issue. So if you're in low-light and you're snapping off, especially with these point-and-shoot cameras, and you're snapping off flash uh-huh. and low-light, you're going to have that reaction with dogs. Uh, okay, it's so you need to turn your flash off or what? Yeah, I mean, it, it's just, it's a, a tough situation when you're indoors in low-light and you take a picture with a point-and-shoot camera with a flash. The chances are pretty good you're going to have some issue with the eye. So, you know, I recommend if you're inside at night and you can find a way to get a faster shutter speed, you know, turn off your flash because you're probably going to get that crazy, that crazy <laughs> light. I suggest, that, you know, to people inside, like I do all my, uh, my shelter photography work without flash, all of it. 
I've even done some of those shots. Sometimes I'm at shelters where, you know, I have a lot of dogs to work with. I have a lot of cats to work with. I don't have a whole lot of time. So sometimes I will do, you know, photos while they're still in their kennels because I have to, you know, go really quickly through this and I have to mm-hmm. take a lot of pictures that day. And you would never know that they're in the cage. You would never know that they're in the kennel because I'm using this special lens. I use this amazing 50-millimeter lens by Canon. And this is for folks out there who have a digital SLR camera, but it's a wonderful lens. It's a 50-millimeter lens. There's two different versions of it, but you can use this lens. You can use it in really low-light conditions. You know, you can oh, you can shoot yeah. pictures in your house, you know, in the evening hours, as long as you have some ambient light, some lights on in the room. You don't need any flash. You're going to get crisp pictures, and they're going to be beautiful, and your dogs and cats aren't going to have the crazy, the crazy blue-green eyes. That's a great lens to have, the 50-millimeter. Do you think that there are some dogs that know they're getting photographed that are really, pardon the pun, camera hounds? I mean, I swear my dog Chipper, she's a husky golden retriever. She breaks into a grin and cocks her head right when the camera's clicking. I mean, what do you think? (laughs) (laughs) That's really funny. I mean, I've certainly met some dogs and some cats that really do seem to like being photographed which is sort of interesting and creepy at the same time. You know, yeah, people really understand. You know, if you show a dog a picture, if you show a cat a picture, usually the concept is strange for them. They don't understand. You know, they're not going to look at it. Um, maybe on television it's a different story, but an actual still picture is just, you know, it's something they don't really understand. So when you're taking a picture of a dog or a cat, and they seem to really, like, they're modeling, you know, like they're really yeah. into it. It is very strange. I always like that because, you know, you can do a lot more. There's so many more opportunities when they're being cooperative like that. But I don't know. I wonder. I wish you could ask them, you know, what, what's yeah, on your mind right now? Well, in your book, Underwater Dogs, I love the picture of you. On, it's your mini lab or doodle. Is it Nala? That's Nala, yeah. Tell me about Nala and, and Fritz, your Norwich Terrier. Sure. So Nala is about six years old. I think she's a mini Labradoodle. She may be a Wheaton Terrier mix. She comes from uh, an animal shelter in Orange County, California. I got her several years ago, and she's just my best little buddy. And she goes everywhere with me. That she can. Sometimes I have to fly places. She she doesn't fly yet, but um, we are just best pals, and she inspires me every single day. And then I have little Fritz. Fritz is a terrier. I know okay. a terrier, and he's about <laughs> he's about four, and he is more sensitive than Nala. He's a sensitive little dog, kind of like me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nala's more like kind of tough and independent, and Fritz is more sensitive. Uh, and where did you like get me. Fritz? So Fritz is sort of an acquisition through a relationship. So, uh, oh, that was very those, nicely put. Very diplomatic. It's one of those maybe. moves, you know what I mean? I didn't choose Fritz, but he certainly came into my life, and I love that little buddy. He is just so funny. I love taking pictures of him, and he also does some traveling as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but ironically, neither of my dogs like the water. Can you believe no. it? No. I know. How <laughs> funny is that? You know, And Nala actually swims okay, but she has these sensitive ears where uh, if she's swimming, you know, she will definitely get an ear infection. Yeah. So I'm really careful about that. She also has no interest in playing with toys. So that's the other thing. And it's Fritz. He's just a stubborn little buddy. He will not get in the pool. He will not play with anything. He just likes to hang out on the couch and look out the window. <laughs> Well, that's and okay. That's fine. That's yeah, totally fine. We're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to devote a lot of the rest of the show to your photos captured in underwater dogs. And listeners, guess what? Seth Castile is giving away an autographed copy of this New York Times bestseller, and you just have to email Arden at Four-Legged Life. You guys know the drill, and I need you to put in the subject header, Underwater Dogs, and we'll pick a winner. 
And uh, Seth, will uh, you got to send us your name, address, and your doggies' names. And Seth will personalize an autograph and dash it off to you. But uh, we got to take a break, Seth, to pay for this show. So everybody sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a walk on the red carpet, of course. OBEHAVE will be back in a flash right after these messages. Hi, I'm Dana Humphrey, the founder of Whitegate PR. We have been specializing in PR and marketing in the pet industry for over 10 years. If you have a pet product or service you would like to promote, give us a call. We can help create awareness for your brand on TV, radio, magazines, newspapers, and blogs. Feel free to reach me directly at 619-414-9307 or learn more on our website at whitegatepr.com or follow us on Facebook. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. We're back from the lot. Just checked the paper and we had a record showing at the box. The letterbox, that is. Now back to OBEHAVE. Here's Arden. Welcome back to the OBEHAVE show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. I am having a great time talking with my pal, Seth Castile. Now, who can put the not only animal activist and award-winning pet photographer his name, but now you can say New York Times bestseller. Oh, Pause up, mister. <laughs> that sounds good, doesn't it? Doesn't that sound good? Do you like it? That sounds really good. I All like right. it a lot. Well, let's get into this book, and I got to read a little bit from the excerpt because I just think it just captures everything. It says, in this book, Underwater Dogs, here we go, guys. From the water's surface, it's a simple exercise, a dog's leap, a splash, and then a wet head surfacing with a ball, triumphant. But beneath the water is a chaotic ballet of bared teeth and bubbles, Paddling paws, fur and ears billowing in the currents. From leaping lab to diving dachshund, a dog's distinct personality shines through in the water. Now some lounge in the current, paddling slowly, but others arch their bodies to cut through the water with the focus and determination of a shark. And I'm thinking of the one of the dachshund. I have never seen a dog's body underwater like that, twist and all. But uh, how did you come up with the idea of glug, 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 going underwater and shooting from above these dogs making a splash in pools. What a great idea. You know, I got to tell you, it wasn't even my idea. It was a dog's idea. A dog's Buster, idea. Okay. Can you believe it? Buster the Cavalier King Charles Spaniel. All my photographs, by the way, really are the ideas of dogs. They all inspire the ideas. I'm just the guy. I'm just the guy there with the camera along for the ride. So I got to give the dogs the credit. You know, it's really they're the heroes of this whole project. And, you know, they're heroes in general. But this is a little dog called Buster, the Cavalier King Charles Spaniel. We are doing an on-land photo shoot in California, you know, telling his story through a series of photos, you know, just kind of checking out his lifestyle. We're in his backyard running around. What I didn't know is there's a pool back there. When I arrived, there's a pool back there. I also didn't know that Buster loves nothing more than to go swimming. So uh, the owner of Buster really was interested in some nice dry shots of (laughs) her Cavalier, you know, because, of course, Cavaliers look a little different underwater than they do on land. You know, dry versus wet. But Buster decided he he had enough of the on land thing. He'd rather be in the pool. So he starts playing with his little tennis ball and dropping it into the water on his own and jumping in after it over and over again. I said, "Wow, that's incredible!" And this is the first time I'd seen a dog actually submerge before under the water. Oh. I've seen dogs play in the surf before. I've seen dogs swimming in a pool, but never you know actually going under the water. 
to look around for something, and Little Buster was doing that, and he just had so much fun with it. I didn't even need to be there. You know, he was just doing it on his own, and this is what he loves to do. And I said, oh, my gosh. Of course, I didn't have an underwater camera with me, so I had to leave, come back with a little point-and-shoot underwater camera that I picked up. goes under, you know, just a few feet. Did a couple of snapshots of Buster, and that was the beginning of the series of Underwater Dogs. So his canine version of Marco... Polo or whatever that penny pool is what started you in this whole concept of shooting from underwater, right? Yeah, no, exactly. exactly. Oh my gosh. Now, what kind of camera do you now use? And are you snorkeling? Are you, what do you do to hold your breath to get these pictures? Well, after seeing the buster shots, you know, I, I saw him do this. I went home, I checked out the pictures. I was just in shock. I was like, wow, you know, I can't even believe what's going on here. There's something that I need to explore with this, you know, the emotions that are happening here. Uh, it's just incredible. So, you know, I continued to explore that subject, that idea. So I tried different cameras, you know, different camera housings. Currently, I use a, uh, a Canon 7D camera. I use a surf housing. So it's actually a housing designed for surf photographers. So people that are photographing waves, surfers, you know, bodyboarders, all that kind of thing. So I use that, and then I use a flash, and I use a wide-angle lens, like a fisheye okay. lens. And so that's kind of the secret recipe. And, of course, a tennis ball. And people oh, yeah. say, and oh, tennis balls don't sink, you know, tennis balls don't sink. When the pictures uh, first became popular on the Internet, a lot of people said, oh, they, these aren't real, you know, tennis balls don't sink. And it's funny that <laughs> that's what people would say because you can just take a tennis ball and cut a hole in it. I'm pretty sure it'll sink. Or oh, yeah. you can go get one of those squeaky ball tennis balls, like meant for dogs, designed for dogs, and you can just squeak it under the water and it will fill up with water and it will sink. And that's usually what I do. I use these squeakable tennis balls. And you just sort of, you know, squeak them under the water, and I can control the buoyancy, you know, how fast they're sinking, maybe they're floating back up to the surface. You know, you can even pause the ball in midwater, you know, wherever you want, and keep it right there, which is fantastic. Now, how are you breathing <laughs> down there? I'm a merman. A merman? Aw. Okay, <laughs> how long can you hold your breath? That's about 90 seconds or so. Nice, um, nice. And usually, you know, some of the pictures that I'm taking, my head's actually above the surface and the camera's below the surface. Sometimes I'm 10 feet below the surface from the bottom of the pool with a weight belt and holding my breath for about 90 seconds. So it really depends on, you know, the dog that I'm working with, the pool, you know, and other conditions. But, yeah, I'm always in the water. Some people think I'm scuba diving. I've never even been scuba diving before. Oh, there of, you go. Which is kind of funny. Some of the pictures have been in these scuba diving magazines, and they always want to know, oh, so tell us about your diving setup. I'm like, well, I'm not, I'm not actually diving. <laughs> yeah. So, well, uh, I, I yeah, think you've got great lung power. Yeah, I mean, and all right, we have to answer the question. Do dogs tend to keep their eyes open or closed underwater? I know the answer from looking at underwater dogs, but tell us the answer. 90, 99% of the dogs that I work with in the pool that are participating open their eyes. Okay. And that's, that's a natural instinct. Okay. Yep, that's a natural instinct. Now, occasionally I'll meet a dog who will go underwater a little bit, maybe a few inches, and just not want to open up their eyes. And that's fine. But most of the dogs, you know... And, and many of these dogs have never even been uh, underwater before, never even been swimming. You know, the first time, like Mr. Beefy, who's in my book, you can see his eyes wide open looking directly into the camera, and that's the first time he's ever been underwater before. And, you know, wow. his natural reaction is to open his eyes. 
because most of these dogs too, I mean, they're all, they're all pursuing something, you know, they're all playing fetch with me, they're all playing games, so they do have uh, a reason to do this, you know, they're not just, you know, diving around and opening their eyes for no reason, I mean, we're all playing games in the pool, so they are looking for something. Well, it's nice in your book, Underwater Dogs, you do have a, a nice gallery of the dogs on land, and you've got a medley of dogs from purebreds to mutts, big and little, I just, I'm fascinated by their teeth and their jaws, when you did the picture of Buster going after the squeaky tennis ball and I'm looking yeah. close up at the mouth wide open with the teeth that you know oh, yeah. Cavaliers are known as love sponges I'm like whoa bust a <laughs> move buster what do you think about their their expressions well we all know that dogs have teeth you know we all seen them yeah. play with the tennis ball but you know of course the water reacts with their mouth and their jowls in different ways you know when they're going under the water the water's sort of pushing their mouth back and you see it a little differently than you would if they are pursuing a tennis ball on land. But, you know, some of these shots, and I included some of these shots in the book, the ones that are more primal, because I think it's important, you know, dogs ultimately, you know, come from wolves. It's taken a little while for that to happen, maybe about 20,000 years or so. It used to just be wolves. And so now we look around, we look at these dogs walking around, these little chihuahuas and Pomeranians, and somewhere in there is a wolf, you know, there's instinct in there. And I think, and this is one of the things that I was fascinated by, you know, with the project in general, is today, you know, dogs love being spoiled. They love all the modern-day luxuries that we provide to them. They sleep in bed with us. You know, they go to the pet salon. They have fancy toys, fancy treats, fancy food. And I think it's fantastic. But I also think that somewhere in there, dogs have wild instincts. Uh, that goes back a long way, and I think they do enjoy the opportunity to explore those. That's why, you know, some dogs will react to birds or react to squirrels running around. I mean, these are all wild instincts that are happening that are deep-rooted in there. It's just like the water. I think dogs have a connection with the water, and it really allows them with a chance to explore their wild instincts. And so you're seeing a lot of these crazy reactions happening, some of which are kind of primal, all because of that connection. Well, I'm looking at Bella, eight-year-old Chihuahua, whose mouth is so wide open, but I think the tennis ball is about as big as Bella's whole body, whole face. <laughs> but that's like, that's not a Persia ride look at all. That's, that's Bella with her primal instinct. Oh, that is instinct. Bella. Do you like her teeth? Do you like her teeth? Oh, yeah, yeah. Shot? Yeah, yeah. She, uh, she's so funny. I like to look at her on land picture in the back, too, because, you know, she looks so different. And when she was a puppy, she got tackled by a larger dog and, uh, she got a couple of teeth knocked out. That's why her teeth are like this. She was okay. She's totally fine. She's, you know, she's such a, a great little dog with a great attitude. But, you know, her teeth are a little strange. They're a little funny. And they're special. And so I think when she's opening her mouth like that on the water, you kind of see some of her teeth. But that's her first time underwater. That's the nice. first time for her underwater, too, which is, I'm really proud of her. You know, a lot of chihuahuas aren't crazy about swimming and diving and that kind of thing. But certainly, it is possible. Well, we're speaking with Seth Castile. He is the photographer and author of Underwater Dogs. It's a national bestseller with the New York Times. And if you go on a couple of his websites, just go to littlefriendsphoto.com or secondchancephotos.org, and you're going to see and be blown away by not only his photography, but what you're doing. I mean, you have carved out a unique career in the pet world, and you've been on CNN, Today Show. Have you been on Oprah yet? I think you have. I'm not sure. But New York uh, Times. Oprah, Oprah picked the book as one of her favorites for the oh. holidays, and it was in the magazine. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, that's like the Midas touch in the pet world. And, <laughs> you know, it's all leading up to be a special guest on the Old Behave show on Pet Life Radio. I mean, it all culminated with this show, right? Woo! 
But um, we do have 800,000 listeners. And okay, listeners, you know your homework assignment for 2013. We're going to hit a million. We're going to hit a million. And I think we're going to hit a million because we have awesome guests, awesome guests like Seth Castile. And Seth, we hope when the show airs, we'll send you the link and we hope you uh, share it with your pet pals. And we definitely appreciate you being able to give away an autographed copy of your book because it is a must-have book in any pet-loving household. I'm waiting for the Underwater Cats book next. Oh, Arden, I wish that book could exist. Unfortunately, <laughs> it'll never exist. As we all know, I have worked with swimming cats before. Um, cats right. that choose to swim, but in terms of diving, I think that we're a long ways away. What about the surf dogs? Now, I have two dogs that are part of the SoCal surf dog team. Chipper and Cleo are my dogs, and we surf together. But, you know, there's good photos, but I'm wondering if there's any kind of photos from underneath without you getting, uh, you know, a concussion from the board. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, that's something that's worth checking out. I've done some work with the surfing dogs, including uh, probably the famous Jack Russell Terrier. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe 12 or 13. He's terrific. I've done some shots with him. You know, it's fun. I like it. I think I'm just drawn to the other stuff more, you know, the the game of fetch and the pool and that kind of thing. The other thing to think about, a lot of the the shallow water surfing, a lot of that water isn't clear enough to get great shots. that's Um, true. You know, a lot of it, especially here in Southern California, when you're only about 25 feet out, you know, you're not going to get a lot of clarity. And the, the clarity of the water is super important. Well, just to see the bubbles coming out of a dog's snout, I mean, that's worth the price of Underwater Dog Book alone. It's just amazing just to see how their fur and their paws and their eyes. It is. You have given us a fresh look at our favorite pets, the dogs. And I'm partial to cats, too. But I love when anybody like yourself can just take a fresh look at something. And that's what you make a living doing. Well, it's all about the dogs. They've inspired this. And I'm just along the way. I mean, I'm, I'm really I'm inspired by dogs. I mean, dogs inspire all of us. I love cats, too. Don't get me wrong. In this particular project, though, there's not a lot of cats in it. But, <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> but, you know, they inspire me, and I'm, I'm very proud to have the opportunity to work with dogs and cats for my career. And, you know, I think the ultimate goal of my photography is to show how amazing our pets are, you know, and to show how they aren't that different than us in terms of their emotional capacity, you know, their feelings and what they're capable of, you know. And I think this photo project, Underwater Dogs, is just one of the ways to show people how incredible they really are. Well, you're doing that. You're doing a fantastic job. I, again, thank Seth Castile for being a special guest on our show. I want you to please dash over to his two websites and littlefriendsphoto.com, secondchancephotos.org. The book is called Underwater Dogs. It's a New York Times bestseller. We're going to give away one to a lucky listener who emails Arden at Four Legged Life with the code words Underwater Dogs. And Seth will get your uh, will get your contact information, your dog's name, and we will send you an autographed copy to show to all your pals. Please get this book. This is an amazing book. It really does capture the emotions and unique perspective of dogs and it's from Mr. Merman, the man who can hold his breath for 90 seconds, Seth Castile. Hey Seth, thank you again for being on the show. Hope you had a good time. Hey, thanks again for having me. I had a blast. Yeah, and at this time I also want to thank Mark Winter, my executive producer. He is the man, the genius behind the entire Pet Life Radio Network of shows, which we have about 6 million people following all our shows. Please check out our shows on PetLifeRadio.com So until next time, this is your flea-free host, Arden Moore, delivering just two words to all you two, three, and four-leggers out there. Oh, behave! 
coast to coast and around the world, it's All Behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All Behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.